1: Hey guys, sorry, Delamotte here. This is a recent Facebook Live that we've uploaded as a podcast. Enjoy. Hey guys, I'm here in my office. My, I'm on my laptop. I'm in a weird kind of position. Um, you can see some things that I'm working on in my uh, behind me when I work with my clients. So I'm sorry that I'm kind of looking down at you. I'll try to adjust my my eye contact here. Um, in a minute, I'm going to be showing you my slides because we figured out how to do that here. On um, oh no, I don't know if I have figured it out. Can I do it when I'm in this? Oh, maybe I can't. I think I need to just start with that, Christy. All right. Well, I'll just be talking about it. Maybe I'll get up and even show you things on the board. But here is what we're doing today. So I decided to do this special Facebook Live um, to talk about the uh, thing that I talked about on the webinar yesterday live. And here's why. (laughs) Because I forgot to hit record. And so many of you signed up for the webinar and weren't able to make it and expected a um, recording, and we're not gonna be able to deliver that to you. So we're gonna do the special Facebook Live to talk about uh, the webinar. And in fact, we had a particular uh, podcast that I think Christy can put in the notes on this very topic. So if you would rather just listen to the podcast, the, what we're going to be doing today is very similar. It will also be uploaded as a podcast, so giving you two ways to listen. Maybe I'll say different things, depending. Um, but here's what we're talking about, this idea that you need to stop focusing on finding your bad jurors and instead focus on finding or dealing with or calling forth your ideal juror. And Here's what I mean by that. I don't mean to suggest that we should stop looking for our quote unquote bad juror. Of course, we wanna be injury selection and prepared for the bad jurors, but I think what's really important to understand is the mindset. Whatever you focus on, you create. So if you are looking for your quote unquote bad jurors, then that is what is going to show up. If instead you focus on finding your ideal juror, then that is what you will find. It doesn't mean we're going to ignore the bad jurors or pretend they don't exist or kick them off, but it's all about the mindset. Because so many of you stand in front of this jury pool and you say to them, I hope that you trust me and believe in me. And yet the whole time you're looking at them thinking, who here is out to get me and how can I kill you off? It's incongruent, both mindset-wise and nonverbal communication-wise. And so that's why I think it's really important to shift your mindset by going into trial and saying, where are my jurors that can help me? And coming in prepared, which is what I'm gonna show you today, On how to find them and what they look like. Meaning you're gonna create a a resume of sorts, not even a resume, let's say a job um, ad of sorts of this is what my ideal juror would look like. And then you're gonna go into jury selection and you're going to actually find if those people exist. Because I think doing this, I have to start saying I think, because doing this is going to allow you to communicate to the jurors that you are there to find your team. We communicate what we think about. So if our body language is suggesting that we are out looking for the enemies that are gonna kill our case, you better believe that we're gonna communicate that, one way or another. But if instead you go in saying, I'm looking for a team that I can develop and create, uh, that's gonna have you communicate very differently. I mean. And what's the alternative really? I mean, if your whole focus is on finding the jurors that will kill your case, then what are we saying? That you're just gonna make do with whoever's left? I mean, that's not a great way to build a team, at least not in my mind. And so here's how you create what I call the ideal juror profile. So you start with your fears list. So anything in your case that is bothering you. So defense arguments, things that are keeping you up at night, the fact that you're worried about that they're overweight, Muslim, whatever it may be. You put this fears list together. Then you start with your first fear and you ask yourself, what would an ideal juror have to think or believe for this no longer to be a fear in my case? Now, In doing this, I realize what I'm asking you to do is quite difficult because you're so trained to listen for or look for the negative jurors and what they believe. And what I'm asking you to do is the opposite. I'm asking you to look for what the uh, quote unquote ideal juror would believe. Meaning if this flew out of the ideal juror's mouth, you would go, whew, this is a good juror for me. I don't have to worry about this fear. Any more that's what we're talking about so if that's the case, think about things in your case that you can flip the script so to speak so let's say if one of your um, beliefs uh, or one of your fears is that you know my client is overweight and that is going to tell the jury that they're lazy and they don't deserve to, to be recovered you know all the all the fat phobia that's going along, what would an ideal juror have to believe about that? And so you might come up with something on your list, like, you know, people who are overweight deserve justice too, right? You might come up with a variety of things for each fear, but the point is to start coming up with these beliefs that help you create a picture of the things your ideal juror would have to believe for you to leave them on your jury not just leave them on your jury, but to want them on your jury, because that's really what we're after here is creating not a demographic view of, okay, we want women over this age, or we want men under this age. What we're saying is these are the beliefs that we actually want the jurors to hold. And in that way, we do a couple of things. First of all, we have a really clear picture of what our ideal juror looks like. I mean, so many of you have told me here in the Facebook group and other places, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Well, this is a great place to start. But second, this gives you an option to write the what your questions. Meaning so often when I'm working with clients, before I had this method, so to speak, uh, they would say, what should we ask about such and such issue? And I would say, well, what is it that you want to know? And now with the ideal juror profile, you know what jurors want, you want to know from jurors. It's all of these things on your ideal juror profile list. All these beliefs that you have written out and taken the time, you can now look at that list and say an ideal juror would believe these things. So now, what question do I have to ask to find out whether the jurors believe this or not? That is what you need to do to find your ideal juror. Because not only that, now it can help you identify who your ideal juror is and helps you create questions to find out who your ideal jurors are, it also allows you to deal with the issues in your case. I mean, so much of what nowadays that I see is all about passions and hobbies and what books are you reading? I mean, it's like you're watching a first date, not jury selection. And all of you want to talk about your case anyways, so here's a way to do it. And in fact, not only do you want to talk about your case, the jurors want you to talk about your case. That's what's really important too, is that they're not there for a relationship. They are there to figure out why am I here and what do I need to do? So therefore, you have to take the time to talk about your case in Wadir with jurors so that you meet their need of context so that you get permission back. Permission being how receptive someone is to you or your message. Now you might think, well sorry I can't talk about my case in Wadir. Of course you can. I'm not talking you, asking you to talk about your case specifics. I'm asking you to talk about the princil- principles beneath the specifics. So for example, in our anesthesiology case that went to trial here in a small county in Oregon, I got the highest recorded verdict ever. And what we did in that case is we went through and we looked at what are the principles beneath the the actual issues in the case. So one of the issues in the case was she's a nurse and the doctor molested her. And why is that an issue? Because the defense was saying, well, as a nurse, she should have known that protocols were being broken, meaning she was in the room with the doctor by herself, and she, was, um, there was, uh, she went to a different room that wasn't part of the, the hospital where you have these procedures done, and all of those things should have put her on notice that this guy was a bad guy. So instead of going into the details in Wadir about, you know, here's what happened in this case. The doctor took her over to this other room. What do you think about that? Or the doctor didn't have another nurse present. You know, what do you think about that? We can't get into all of that in voir dire, nor should we, because that is arguing your case. But what's the principle beneath it? And what we found out in that case, the principle beneath it is mm-hmm. should, or, doc- or nurses should be treated as patients. When they're patients, right? When they're in the hospital and any treatment, not as nurses. So then we knew what question we could ask. We wanted to find out if jurors actually believed that. So it's the principle beneath the issue. Like, what are we really talking about? Why? What was violated here? In that case, the idea was that she should still be on duty when she herself is a, a patient. That's not fair. So that's the principle. We don't need to get into the details to discuss the principle with the jurors, which is, should nurses be treated as patients when they themselves are receiving care? That we could really work with in Guadir. So that's what you're after. You're after taking your fears list to create what I call an issue oriented Guadir and figuring out what an ideal juror would think or believe about those fears so that they're no longer fears in your case. Like, what would a perfectly beautiful juror have to think? Designing questions to find out if jurors believe those things. And then in the process of asking those questions, it will be very clear to you who's for you and who's against you. That's the beauty of this is that you can do both now. But the mindset, mindset shift is what we're after, that you come in looking for your team, even though you will find the people you don't want on your team, but you come in looking for them. And that makes all the difference in the world. And you could also use that ideal juror profile to evaluate your voir You have someone else evaluate, of course, not you. But if they have that list of questions uh, or ideal answers, as you ask the questions, they can just put a check in the yes column or the no column. That's it. And you have a very clear picture of who is for you and who is against you. That's how you find your ideal juror, my peeps. Um, I wish more of you had been here with us this morning. We're gonna send this out as a recording for those of you who missed the webinar. Those of you who are in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group can uh, find this video uh, in the newsfeed. If you can't find it, just click on videos, although I'm not sure how you would know that if you're listening to this. Maybe if you're listening to this on the podcast, we'll also upload it to the From Hostage to Hero podcast. And you also get a, um, until Monday, if you go to our website, sorrydlm.com, and you click on trial consulting, you can navigate your way to strategy sessions. And there you can buy a strategy session with me to talk about your case for 75 minutes, plus you get the whole package that goes with that. We have a coupon for you, Christy can put it in the, in the um, notes here, Strategy 200, you get $200 off of that until Monday. So if you have a case you wanna to talk to me about, that's a great way to get the materials and some time with me and get you going on your case. If you haven't subscribed to the From Hostage to Hero podcast, we invite you to do that at iTunes. Um, we also have two other podcasts, Tap Into Your Power, the Amplify Project podcast, and Soundcheck, a podcast for speakers of any stripe. Uh, Hopefully, Christy will post some of that in the comments below as well. Um, But thanks for being with us today. If you were, in fact, here, those of you who weren't here, I hope you enjoy this recording. Those of you who were on the webinar yesterday, we're going to get this recording instead. I'm sorry it wasn't as thorough as yesterday. I didn't remember again to press the record button. That's the only time that's ever happened in my entire career. Maybe one other time. So hopefully, this will be a nice little substitute for you. Join the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group if you're listening to this and are not already a member because you get. Lots of things like this that we don't always announce that I'm all on here in Facebook. All right, have a great day, you guys. Talk soon.
0: That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.